Hi, welcome to Suplex the Sticks, a gaming podcast. It's one of your hosts, David, and all the way over there in Orlando, we have the original Florida Digi-Destined, Seth Roundtree. Hello, yes, that is me. I have just returned from the digital world. Ah. And as we know, time moves a lot faster there, so it's been a long time. Well, we're glad to have you back. Always appreciate it with you showing up, even though you have all these great responsibilities over there in the digital world. I do, I do. It's a good thing that I got that I got sucked in um, after school ended. Yeah. Which I guess I guess is how it usually works. <laughs> the the Digijessen are never in school; they're always like on vacation. Yeah, it's it's really convenient how threats show up. Uh, Wait a minute, that's not true though, because in season two they are definitely in school because they go using a school computer oh, to get yeah. into the digi- digital world. That's right. Also, the beginning of Season 2 makes no sense, because uh, at the end of Season 1, like, the gate to the digital world closes. Yeah. And then, at the beginning of Season 2, it's just open, and Ty is randomly in the digital world. And they act like it's no big deal, like they've been back a bunch of times. Right. I don't know. Just a little little things. It's the it's I, the little things. Yeah. I don't have I mean I, you know, it's whatever. All of this it really uh I mean for what inspired that intro, A is we do this five minutes of random stuff in the beginning, but B, me and Seth are gonna be seeing a Digimon movie together tomorrow. So Oh yes. Um, you know. Digimon try episode Four? 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 Yeah. Maybe. I've, no, wait. I think it's five. I don't know the subtitle. I think it's five. But, yeah. Uh, I don't remember either. But, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. We, Are you, did you, did you ever catch up with them? Nope, but I will tonight after we're done. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's three of them. Yeah. I got this. For you to get through. Although, I don't know, you, you don't necessarily need to watch them. Uh, but, yeah. But you should. They're all, they're good. They're good. You get to see the finally get to see the mega forms of some of the the Digimon. Yes. Man. Which is really the draw. Uh, it makes me want a Digimon game, but they're also very uh con- they're very basic and crazy. They're not basic. Basic's Dude. a bad word. They're very in depth. Yeah. Uh they are. Um I mean like we we talked about when I finish Hacker's Memory, it's a really good game if you like Digimon. Yeah. And and I mean, since it's it was originally a Vita game, it's not like super complex. I mean you can you can get it it does take a bit of a time depending on like like I I, I did it to where I wanted like I, I would evolve my Digimon, or I would digivolve my Digimon right. as much as possible. Um, I mean, you might just do it the way you do Pokemon, and where where you select like three separate ones and then ignore all the other ones. Yeah, I uh, cream of the crop. That's what I'm after. <laughs> I don't want any extraneous Pokemon. I want the best of the best. I kill kill all the rest. My my way of playing yep. Pokemon is. Uh, singularly different from everyone else, I'm sure. Uh, That's that is for certain. <laughs> um, but uh, sadly, there was there is still yet 
not a Pokemon or a Digimon game to be played on the Switch. Uh, and I mean, Pokemon's not going to any other console. So I, I haven't true, played. True. I haven't played a Pokemon in quite some time, and I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Hopefully, we'll yeah, see it yeah. in three. But I think that we will. We'll Ooh. see. I'm not sure. I mean, they might. I could see them skipping it out because, you know, they want to give other games room to shine. But also, you know, the Pokemon company is sort of independent from Nintendo. And yeah. they kind of release stuff on their own uh, their own agenda. But we'll see. I'm, what I really want to know is, like, there's all these rumors that it's going to be a remake of Red and Blue, like they're doing in the movies. Which I think would be really cool to revisit the places in, like, you know, with, with fully formed HD worlds, but with all of the eight generations of Pokemon available. Yes, I agree. I honestly wouldn't even be mad if it was just with the original 150, though. Or 151. Uh, I don't I know. know I that. know that I that's know. an unpopular that's, opinion, probably. but That would be... I feel like that would be a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because there's not really the novelty in just seeing these worlds in 3D. Because we've mostly got that with sun and moon right um that's why like the the stadium games became kind of obsolete because you don't really need it anymore if you can if you had you have full 3d models on the 3ds you don't need to play it on the on a big console those, for it to those look mini good. games though that's the true Tongue sushi mini game oh, the yeah. metapod harden game Oh yeah, I love Metapod Harden. That was that was a classic. Yeah, they should make an app for that. Man, that's that's next on their mobile delivery since they're they really yeah. the new president loves mobile. Give me, he give does. us the. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him yeah. too. Um, oh, I gotta pull that up. So all of this is a precursor to what we're gonna talk about later, but we're gonna get straight into what we played this week. Um, and I'm not gonna make Seth go first this week because I'm super excited about what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like I'm going to get this name wrong and it's because I've been saying it wrong all week, but, uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, is that the name of it? Or Jungle Freeze? I always... No, it's Tropical Freeze. Tropical Freeze. What? What, what are you... I always get the name oh, wrong. Lord. I don't know what it is, but I'm enjoying it. It's kind of a weird name. It sounds like a... Like a drink. Yeah, it sounds like a drink from Taco Bell. Oh, I drink that. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, it could be a novelty drink where you get like DK on the straw or like different mm-hmm. Kongs hanging off the straw. Never mind. We won't get into that too much. But we'll email it, no, I we'll think, email I think it to we Taco should. Bell. Get them on board. Um, but Try our new Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I am halfway through the game, uh, which is Island 3. I believe, um, talking to Joe last week, um, that it was uh, it's six islands in the game. Um, I definitely have not explored everything, because uh, true to Nintendo platforming, there are secret levels that you can get to by... Uh, doing different objectives in the map, uh, in the level, yep. like finishing it a different way than uh, is the original yeah. ending. 
Those are I could never find those. I found and, one on accident and, and the other day and got real mad because I didn't get all four Kong letters because the ending was before G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so yeah. uh, I have to go back and do that. Um, Donkey Kong Country um, is was one of those games as a kid where I really was adamant about finding uh, collectibles. So, I mean, I'm going to go back and get all the Kong letters, uh, you know, try to find all the hidden stuff that I can. Um, it's very enjoyable. Um, I... Don't I? I'm only three islands in, like I said, and I don't feel it's difficult enough to warrant me going to funky mode yet. But I do want to try funky mode. Um, but it is mm-hmm. it's no Kirby and it's no Mario. This game is frustratingly difficult, especially when it comes to bosses. But it's yeah. nothing that aggravates me as much as say celeste did in some of the levels um (laughs) it's it's not celeste hard but it's definitely harder than mario and kirby um and i makes sense i think part of that's kind of what the uh, go ahead yeah that's kind of what the the difficulty was in in the super nintendo games like they were they were meant to be challenging but they're not like super hardcore type games I think part of that has to do with the way that Donkey Kong moves. He it's not mm-hmm. it's not fast like Mario. Um he's got sort of a lumbering pace about him, but he can yeah. move fast. So it kind of throws you off which speed you should use sometimes because you can do some really strong lunge jumps, but the game doesn't want you to use those all the time. It's it's strange. Um yeah. But I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I haven't tried the two-player mode yet with Marianne, but that uh, I can speak on that next week. Um, but I have used, like, uh, in this game, you can get Dixie or Diddy or Cranky Kong on your back, and each of them have different abilities. Uh, so it's been nice figuring out... I'm at the point now where the game doesn't make you have one of them basically you get a barrel that's transitioning between all three of them and you decide which one will fit your play style uh to yeah. help you get through the level and so usually i pick dixie because she has a a second jump like a boost and a hover so that's usually what i pick um, she's a classic that's why she had her own game yeah with i guess tiny no not tiny Kitty, Kitty Kong. Kitty Kong. That was it. Um, the second boss was, so I've only got, and like I said, I never played this game on Wii U, which I'm kind of glad I didn't, because playing it on the, I've played it on the go and on the TV, you know, uh, playing it on the go is fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. playing it on the TV is fantastic, um, and I, I just never enjoyed my Wii U this much. So I I wonder if it would have hampered my experience with this game and made me kind of push it to the wayside back then. Um, yeah. But it's it's super enjoyable, a great grab if you. It's definitely worth the money. Um, if you've beat it already, I don't know if I could say that. But um, I mean that's up to you. <laughs> um, 
the music is fantastic. I, uh, it's one of the games that I play with the audio on proudly in public, which mm-hmm. I hate when people do that, but the music is so good. I don't want to rob myself of the experience. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. uh, so I'm sorry. I mean, you could to, just use headphones. Yeah. I always forget that the Switch has a headphone port, which is a weird... Uh, it's just something I always forget. So yeah. I always end up playing with it quietly or, um, you know, like going outside and playing it loud. Um, even when, like, Marianne's watching TV, I've straight up just been playing it with the audio on. Um and it's it's a good time. I, I've had a lot of fun with it. I, I can't speak its praises enough. Um, I'm excited to see what bosses come up in the future. Um, mainly mm-hmm. because the last game that I the last platforming game I played with bosses was Celeste only had the one boss really. Um, yeah, which was the hotel guy, right? Was there more bosses than that? Yeah, uh, there was him, and then also the the final boss, the uh, the the mirror mirror girl. So did you did you actually do anything with the mirror girl, or was it just? I mean, you had to like chase her and hit her. So yeah. Okay. Um, so essentially, what I really like is that these bosses are multi-tiered, and. They take mm-hmm. more than just the traditional three hits, like in Mario uh, and stuff. Yes. Um, They're like destiny bosses. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, it's nice. It's really difficult. There's like mm-hmm. three stages, and in each stage, there's multiple hits, and each time it gets harder. Um, I haven't had to play a game where I've had to um, kind of like with Mega Man. It's where I have to memorize an enemy's patterns like this with bosses. So it's kind of fun. It's tough to rememorize things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's it's nice to get back (laughs) into, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those are all... I, I always appreciate those kind of bosses, even though they are frustrating. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a really hard Guitar Hero level. You learn the parts, <laughs> and it you learn the parts, and so you look kind of cool while you do it, but it took a lot of time memorizing what you had to do and the muscle memory. Yeah, and I imagine playing, like beating a boss in front of a group of people would not be as um, impressive as Guitar Hero was for some reason. I don't know, man. There's some bosses that are real difficult that I think people would not pay to see. Yeah, that'd be stupid. But that's the weird thing is that, (laughs) like, when you're really good at it, it doesn't look like you're like it's that hard. Yeah, that's true. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, with guitar here, you could definitely tell when something was really hard. Yeah. Um. So other than that, um. I have been playing Splatoon again. I don't have to talk your guys' ears off about that, but it's a good time as always, and there's that Splatfest going on, uh, which Raphael beat Leonardo, which is fine. I'm not bitter about that at all. Um, As expected. 
But if Michael, even though he's got dumb tonfas now, if uh, if Michelangelo doesn't come out on top on this uh, this next weekend, then you're going to hear about it from me. Boy, howdy, it's going to be rough. And why does he have a yo-yo for a weapon now? I, your guess is as good as mine, man. <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I understood. See this? I mean, I wouldn't like it's having seen the new pictures of them. I wouldn't necessarily automatically give it to Michelangelo because of of his weird yo-yo. When when Donatello's got like a straight up spear now. Yeah. But and you know, Donatello Michelangelo has a probably should win that. April O'Neil rides? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so other than that, I've been playing League, which I've already talked about, um, but I feel like I'm getting better and I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, it's really funny. I bought a skin in it, Seth. Um, oh, no. But I, it's because I promised my friend that I would if I ended up finding a chant that I really liked. So mm-hmm. I really like this champ called Olaf. Um, right. And I bought... The snowman from Frozen. No, he's a Viking man. Uh, from Frozen. And his, uh, his... The skin I bought is Brolof, which is uh, him, but with... Instead of Viking horns, it's the beer hat... The beer can uh, hat, and yeah. he's wearing a polo with the uh, collar up, and uh-huh. his axes are made of craggy light uh, boxes, mm. <laughs> and he yells okay. chug, chug, yeah. chug as when he throws his axe at people. Okay, uh, I can see that. And he also yells that he is Brosidon, Lord of the Brosian, which mm. is pretty solid. Um, yeah, that's... That's not terrible. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, yeah. I've been putting like three to four hours of it into into this game every other night. Uh, mm-hmm. Just having a good time. So it's uh, it's fun still, you know. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. can't talk about the same thing every week because it would get boring. I promise. But yes, it would. Um, Even though we we have done that on multiple episodes before, yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but Seth, uh, it's not our fault well, though because go ahead. games take like multiple days to beat. Yeah, it's, and with league you can't even beat it. Yeah, it's you. I I don't even know if it's possible for me to be good to great at it. I just am on the road and learning. Like it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you also, you forgot, you beat God of War. Oh, uh, yes. Um, I thought I, no, I did, I beat it last night. Not last night, uh, last Wednesday after the podcast. Yeah. Um, I was bound and determined to do it, and I did. Mm-hmm. So today, or tonight, or this episode, um, <laughs> Later will, on in this episode. There will be nothing after the spoilers, so don't feel like you have to stay. But we will be telling you at the hard point when we will be talking about spoilers. And then that will be the end of the episode if you don't want to hear spoilers. Yep. So, there's that. And the reason that we're doing that is because I also beat God of War. Yeah. Um, That's a good transition I, uh, to what Seth played this week. Yeah. I, I, We texted a little bit about it, about like 
the story stuff, and we decided, man, we really want to talk about this stuff. Like We were about have, to record have, over the weekend. I know, just because I, I really wanted to talk about it, because there's some cool stuff at the end of the game, um, story-wise. But yeah, uh, I, I beat it at, I, I forget what day it was, but I stayed up until like 7 a.m. because I wanted to finish, because like I was... I was in the I was in the home stretch and I couldn't like I couldn't just I got to the like right near the final area and I was like well I can't I can't stop now I have to finish. Yeah, I'm excited um, to to hear what which part you decided that to see if it was the part I got to. Yeah, uh and then after I I finished it I went back and and I beat all of the well I finished fighting all of the uh Valkyries. So I, I I think I did I I pretty much did most of the stuff in the game. Um I, so I got a I got a good grasp. It was a very it was a really good game. Um I don't know that I would I, I would put it up with the guy at GameStop when he sold it to me who said it was one of the best games he's ever played. But I mean, I I understand all the praise for it. Um uh, I, I guess I, I, I kind of feel like I can understand where Chris was coming from when um, when everyone was talking about Breath of the Wild and, you know, he... But I guess I guess he never played it, but, but, like, he understood it even though he didn't necessarily agree with it because the game is... It's it's super good. I, I feel like the story was, was really... Um, was really well done. Um, one of the things I... And at the end, I, I liked about the story... Is that um, it, the reason, like, it allowed for a lot of humor in it. Um, I don't know how much of that was in the original God of War games because I never played them. Um, which was honestly a little, like, I, I knew what happened, but going through the game, it, it it's kind of was kind of a, a, a different perspective because I didn't know exactly the stuff that was going on that he was he was hiding from his son. Um, right. But because like the story had sort of, uh, a, a, it it wasn't like a high stakes thing. Whereas, in the the previous ones, Kratos was, um, you know, he was hell bent on getting revenge against the gods and killing all of them. Um, I, I assume that's I know he the, the I don't know. Um, but this one like the the at the the outset they set out to go spread. Uh, Atreus's mother and and Kratos' wife's ashes on the the highest mountain in the realms, and and really like a, a a lot of stuff happens in between, but that's it. It's not like a life or death thing for them. So when like this crazy stuff happens at the end, Kratos kind of he's able to just sort of brush off all this insane stuff that is happening because it doesn't really concern him. Um, and, and so that allows for, like, despite the sort of serious nature of what's going on, it allows for uh, a, a level of humor that, that really works to, to balance out, like, the the vicious bloodshed that is actually happening in the game. Right. Um, and one of the things, uh, so, you, when you initially were talking about it, I don't remember if this was on the episode or just, you were we were just talking, um, you, you compared it to, to, uh, the Tomb Raider games and like the way it's structured. Right. The progression. Um, 
Right, which I sort of I sort of agree with. Um, I don't know that I necessarily do uh, wholly, um, but I I thought it was really funny that you compared it to it because like in Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, she's uh, she you, you get up you pick up all you know the, the little odds and ends and and she she knows all about the the historical stuff and she's trying to learn all this stuff about them, whereas in God of War. Whenever Atreus brings up like, like the ancient Norse history and legends and stuff like that, Kratos has zero interest in learning about any of it. Yeah, so, that's... so I thought I, I thought it was funny that you that you sort of uh, not intentionally, but you compared the two characters and they couldn't be more different. I I was more uh, comparing the Metroidvania progression. Yeah, yeah, the the gameplay, which. Which it sort of is, um, though I don't know. I, not really, because um, in Tomb Raider, the like the expansion of the the world happened when you got like new abilities um, that allowed you to go back and and, and revisit places in a different way, uh, and that does happen. But it's more of like more story driven, like. So I really like the mechanic that they use because it's been used in other stuff that I that I really enjoyed. Where you get to a point, like you're at a level, um, they they have the the whole the whole game is based around this huge lake, um, and and this, all the areas kind of connect to it. And as you get further in the game, the water level lowers and opens up other stuff that you didn't see, and that happens a couple times. Um, and but that's all sort of it, it's. It's all story based. You're not it, nothing that you have is sort of actively allowing you to, um, for the most part, allowing you to to explore more. Now there are there are stuff that you get, but they mostly just give you access to like chests and things. Right. Um. So it so it's not exactly the same, and and I and I know that you you also compared the combat, but but you know that it's totally different. The the combat in the game, I, it's. It's so. This is one one of the things you talked about last week. It is so. It just has like this kind of visceral and fun about it. it it's really fun to do. Um, the the Leviathan axe, uh, despite people, you know, there was a lot of outcry about it about Kratos not having the blades of chaos, um, but the Leviathan axe is really fun to use. Like it's. It's 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 just got this kind of this physical quality to it where it has a, a lot of weight to to the the chopping and 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 that uh, the the ability to to throw it and and the button that automatically brings it back it's it never becomes not fun to use. Um, I agree. You know, and it, it basically turns you into Thor from from the Marvel universe, which is which is kind of funny because Thor is in the game and is pretty much explicitly a bad guy. Um, that was one of the things I found interesting about it, because, you know, we... And it might be because of my familiarity with the Marvel Universe and its characters, but I also think just sort of in mainstream culture, the idea of the Norse gods is they're mostly portrayed... The gods are portrayed as heroes. Um, yeah, which they, I, they aren't, really. Yeah, in, in the game, they are... Pretty much all of them are explicitly villains and all of the characters that you meet talk about how much they have ruined their lives basically and that that 
they're they're all entirely selfish, and everything they do they do um, negatively affects people around them, which I thought was was cool, uh, and it makes sense because you know the whole draw of God of War is you, you know you get to to kill your way through the whole pantheon this pantheon of gods, which does not happen in this game, which which is interesting um, because it it goes if you like it. You have a certain expectation from a God of War game, and then you play it, and it goes a very different way, which I think is cool, um, and and really something they need to do. I've read some some articles about like those games were were definitely revolutionary at the time, but like the content of it is not exactly like it hasn't aged well. Right, the stuff that is happening, um, and thankfully, like there's no. Kratos sex mini games in this. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I had a, a few issues with the game. Um, my main one being in combat, as much as I liked it. And so I was playing, I played on the challenging difficulty until right at the end. Um, and one of the, the ways this game sort of bugged me is that there are no like no no invincibility frames when you're using attacks, uh, which me which I mean, like when in other games with like hand to hand combat or stuff like that, there are or or like close quarters combat. Usually, you have a sort of expectation from playing other video games. So when you're when you are doing certain attacks, like if if you get hit, like it doesn't hurt you. Right, um, and that doesn't really exist in this game. Yeah, not and it at was all. Very frustrating. <laughs> like there, there are like two abilities you can use that that explicitly say when you use them you will be invincible. Um, but otherwise, there were so there were so many stupid instances that made me so mad where I would go to use a special move and die right in the middle of it because like my. My expectation from from past experiences is that when I use a special move, I cannot be killed in the middle of it, and then I damn. And yeah. it's, I, I get I I it has to be has to have been an intentional decision, and I under I can I can sort of get why they would do it, but at the same time, I really hated it every single time it happened to me, um, and it happened a lot to me when I was fighting the Valkyries, which are like the the there's like eight of them and they're basically the hardest bosses in the game they're all very challenging they're basically um, end game content yeah and so i beat seven of them on challenging mode and it took a long time and then i got to the the valkyrie queen this was after i beat the game and i fought her a bunch of times on challenging um and she killed me every time i got really close once and it was annoying because she she has double the health of all the other valkyries whoa um yeah and and she's she's a lot uh, quicker and has a lot a, a a bigger set of moves, but it was kind of annoying because I got to a point where any other Valkyrie would have killed her, um, and I I know I could have beat her, but at one point I, at at this point I, I was at the end of the game and I was like I just want to finish it and see what happens, uh, and I set it down to like the easiest difficulty, uh, and then she still killed me a couple times, um, but I eventually beat her, and one of the so one of the frustrating things about it is, and it's not, okay, frustrating is not necessarily the word for it, um, 
but it was a little kind of disappointing that one like I I beat I beat her and I got this uh this this equipment that like it it vastly powers up your axe throw, but there was basically nothing left in the game for me to use it on. Yep. Um, and that was one of, one of the things I one of the articles I read about it. Because the the director has said that they have no plans to add anything DLC wise, and the author of the, this article was saying that he still kind of expects stuff to be added, um, but I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think this game necessarily. I, I I feel like it it basically had the perfect amount of content for what it was. Like once I had finished it, I wasn't left with this kind of feeling that I want to go do more stuff. And I and I've talked about this on on the on the podcast before, especially with stuff like Destiny where there, you know, games have a finite amount of stuff to do. And and but I and I think this this one the the developers decided we're not going to even though it's sort of an open world, we're not just going to pack it with stuff to do just for the heck of it, which I think the game is better for. Um, because it makes it, it's not needlessly long, but it was a little disappointing that I got this really good piece of equipment, and the only thing that I could really do with it was go, like, find these weak mobs and, and throw my axe at them, which I didn't do. Yeah, and it's, um, it's all just because there's this RPG element to the game that, I don't know, I found, like, <laughs> it, it also made it real difficult because late game you had to find stuff to level up your armor and Atreus's armor that I I didn't even know there was no clear indication of how to farm most of it. Um Yeah, there was there were definitely parts in the game where I wondered whether the the whole RPG ness of it was a like affected the game positively. Um, because you do like they they give you equipment that has a power level, and you basically need it to fight higher level enemies. Um, so I don't like I don't know that the game really like it made the game any better. Um, but I do, if I I do like I don't know that it was a bad thing though because I got to a point where I I where I had the equipment and I wasn't really ever changing it. Um, right. And so the the new stuff, I I just like I didn't like even if it, if it was better, I was so used to the stuff that I was using that I didn't change it. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't think the game needed it, but it does sort of add a fine uh, like a, a defined form of progression. Right. But again, I don't I don't under, you, they could have you could have just easily have built that in. Like, within like not not necessarily what Kratos was wearing, but just like have him level up by fighting enemies. Um, but I don't know. I I mean they didn't want to turn it into a full fledged RPG. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I mean they wanted it to be as long as one, but they didn't want to make one. But it, it. So I haven't actually gone and looked at how many hours I spent in it because it's 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 kind of difficult to find on the PS4. But, like, I didn't think the game was, like, super long because it's not even that large of a game, honestly. Like, it, it looks big, like, when you're in it, but the map itself is not is not that big. There's not that many areas to go to. 
Yeah. Um, and and especially like the first, I don't know how how long the intro was, but there's this large section of the map that is basically linear that that you you go through before getting into the the main open area. Um, and and the way that the the map evolves, it 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 sort of like even though it gets bigger, like the 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 stuff that you've already gone through gone to, you don't really have to revisit that much. So I don't I like the map. I don't think it's that big. Um, so I for me the game didn't feel super long, but of course I don't know how long how much time I actually spent on it. All right. And it is true that that I came to this after p- p- playing Persona Five, so I might have a skewed view of what is a long game. So, is there anything else you played this week? Yeah, um, I I played a little bit of Fortnite for the first time. Oh, um, what'd I, you think? I had been ha- like refusing to play it, like not on principle, just but just because I didn't want to to dive into what had been a super addicting game. But I got on, like, I installed it the other day because I, I'm i at a point where, I, where I'm in between games and I don't really know what I want to play next. I don't know that I want to get into it. Like, I have some games, but I know they're very long and I'm not sure that I want get to get into them. Um, so I, I played some Fortnite and it turned out a group of my friends were on, so we got in the squad and, and played a few matches. We came in second in one, which was cool. Um... But I mean, it's it's a fun game. I'm very obviously not good at it, uh, which was which was which was honestly one of the reasons I had not played it up till now because like I basically knew that I was not going to be good at it because one I've never really been good at any shooter other than Destiny and and I've, you know that's that's being very uh, considerate to to my skill when I say good. Um, <laughs> but then you add on top of that the building, which I just. It's it's too much. Like I I am terrible at it. Have uh, you my ever friend watched... Cameron? Go ahead. My friend Cameron plays. Uh, his 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 strategy is to not build at all, uh, <sighs> and I I basically have also been doing that just because it's so much. It's it's so like I don't know. I I just can't I can't understand it. Like, uh, like in my brain, like how to do it with my hands. But I but it's still fun. It's it's. It's 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 pretty fun. I, I I played a little bit on my own earlier today, because uh, they released that that Thanos thing. Um, Did you and get the, Thanos? The matches? No, I didn't get to be Thanos, but I got killed by Thanos a couple times. Oh, okay. Uh, which is still kind of funny because he is absurdly strong, uh, and he punched me into oblivion, which was funny. Um, but yeah, I it's a fun game. I will definitely. I'll probably keep playing it a little bit, mostly when my friends are on. But I'm gonna try and find some other stuff to play. We gotta get on uh, Sea of Thieves, man. Yeah, we got. We'll we'll have to do that. Um, figure something. Figure something out to play. Yeah. Stream probably should should Mixer. play a War Mine since it came out, but you know. Yeah. We, we we'll take things as they come. But that's about it that I have been playing. So, um, all right, cool. Uh, we're going to take a quick second to let you know to uh, follow us on all the social medias at Suplex the Sticks. Um, you know, share the episode with your friends. 
We had a lot of uh, listener engagement this past week, which has been super awesome. We appreciate you guys. Um, probably the most listeners we've ever had in a 24-hour period after we posted nice. last week's episode. Um, yep. So that was really and, cool. And if you have a suggestion for what I should play next, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at SethRound3. Yeah. Uh, always let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Um, unless it's like Call of Duty. We're probably not yeah. going to get Call of Duty. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, we get it if you like it, but it's not our thing. Um, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we went through that with uh, Far Cry. Yeah. Although we ended up liking it. I mean, I liked it for reasons that it didn't want me to like it. Uh, yeah. I liked it despite itself. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, let us, uh, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we'll do what we can to accommodate that. Um uh, rate us on all the platforms. We have seven ratings now on iTunes, which is super cool. Um, mm, let's get that up to ten. Yeah, let's get that up to ten. And I don't know where we're at on ratings for Facebook, but let's get that up to the nearest even number also. Um, and we know what my rating is for us. Like a three out of five. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, let's get that up to four. Yeah, let's get that up to four. Um so, other than that, uh, we're going to jump headfirst into, into the nifty bits. The nifty bits, the news. Um, let's see, we have nine ratings on Facebook. I didn't expect Ooh. that. So, yeah, let's get that's that to not, 10. That's not a nifty bit, but it is kind of <laughs> nifty. Um, so, Switch Online was kind of announced this week. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. They just kind of, out dropped. of the blue... Uh, drop the information on their website. I guess they, I don't know, like they sent out a press release or anything, but it just kind of, like they said, they had said in April that they were going to reveal it next month. And lo and behold, here it is. Yeah, just in a random web page that they didn't really hype up at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll highlight it once we get to E3, but yeah, there, here's the information. It's uh, launching September of this year. It's going to be, uh, what is it, $20 a year, uh, I think. Let me see um, exactly. Yeah, it's $4 a, a month, month is, $8 yeah. three months, $20 for a year, and $35 for a family membership. Um, yeah, and I think that like eight people can be on a family thing. Yep. Which is pretty good if you got eight people who want to pitch in, because that would be pretty cheap. Um, so, yeah, that... That finally, the, it's going to allow you to have uh, data backups, uh, cloud backups. Um, which is, it's weird that there there is no there was no like data backup thing in it normally. Because even the 3DS had that, uh, even though like you just created a a backup on the SD card. But people have been complaining about it, and here it is finally. Save your data online for easy access, although. So one of the the weird things about it is that not all like it it this stuff is not going to apply to all games. Um so like third party games could maybe not necessarily you have to have this to play online and they might not necessarily be you might not be able to use the the cloud backup data. Really? Uh, I didn't is, know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 
it's it's a little weird. Um, yeah, so what they say is, Nintendo Switch games such as Splatoon, ARMS, Mario Kart, Mario Tennis, Sushi Striker will require an uh, online membership, but other games will vary. So it's a little weird, because like you might be able to play some games online. Definitely for first-party Nintendo games, you're going to have to have this to, to play those games online. Um, but yeah, there's also going to be special offers for members no real information about that and of course the highlight of it is the NES Nintendo Switch Online which is they're gonna have at launch 20 NES games with uh, added online play and presumably they're going to keep adding to those games um, which is cool uh, I don't know how much I will want to play those games. Like, it's cool that some I'll be able to play some of those games online, um, but I don't know how much of a draw that is. I know that when they announced it, it, it was a cool idea, but the problem with it is that, along with this information, uh, I forget, I think it was Kotaku who reached out to them and asked, but they basically, they came out and said that they are not going to be they're not going to release games on virtual console right um so or at least under the virtual console moniker yeah um so that means this sort of netflix type deal seems to be the only way that we are going to have to play the um these retro games which the virtual console, I mean, it caught a lot of flack for, like, the way the pricing was implemented and the way games would randomly be on one console. Like, there were games that were available on Wii, but not on Wii U for some reason. Right. Um, so it was sort of, it was like random what consoles you could buy these games on, and the and the, the games came out really slowly, um, but... I get you would have, you have to assume that eventually like other like platforms of games are going to come come to this NES online thing maybe like at if it if it's not on on this base one if they have like a different price point for to to include other consoles but it's I don't know it's not my favorite thing I, I know that I'm not trying to be a jerk told, but how often how do you do you think you're ever going to play these which the NES the games? NE- um, I mean, I'll try some of them. I mean, I can't think um, of any of them that I would necessarily go out of my way to play. Besides, like Doctor Mario, like, like I get that, but I I don't think that is that's like not my issue with it. Like, it's it's cool that these games are available for me to play, but there are there are games that I would 100% buy if they were available on the virtual console. Um, and and they will not be available, at least at, at the outset, through this program. Right. I... And, and, and see, that's my issue with it. Like, when, when, when the Switch was announced, they, they used the, the language that a, a, a virtual console would exist. 
Um, and they they had all at all these games that they've already that they had created emulators for on other consoles. Um, and I mean, I don't know how much work went into making those, so I could just I could be talking out of my butt here. Um, but they had they had experience with it, and it seemed like it would not be that big of an issue for them to just like have a big launch of of a virtual console with a bunch of games for it for different platforms. Um, and now we're not getting that. And especially because there was talk w- when the Switch was... I don't remember if it was before it was announced or after, but there was talk that there was developers were working on a on, on GameCube virtual console, which is... It's not, not to say that that is not impossible anymore and that these games won't still be available to buy, just not under what they call a virtual console. But given that they have not given us any other information about how they are going to bring these retro games to the Switch, if at all, it, it, it's sort of distressing for them to come and outright say, there is going to be no virtual console on Switch. Do you think that this might be in reaction to the security issues with the Tegra chip? No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I'm sure like I'm sure they have a plan going forward as to what they're going to do with their um with their their their, their library of other stuff. Um they're just they're not telling us what it is. For whatever reason, and I mean, I, I get that you want to like they're not telling us what uh, like all the games they have in development, of course, um, and why would they? But it's just everyone had been expecting this for a long time, and now all they have told us is that we're not going to get it, and without having any other revealed plans other than that. Right. Like I'm sure at some point. Super Nintendo games and and 64 games and maybe even GameCube games are going to come to the Switch um, because the system is a, is able to run it and people would pay money for it. Um, now, you know, the question is whether the, you know, the, the money they're putting in to, to develop the ability for those games, you know, is, is more or less than what they would make from those games. But, like, I assume they're going to come eventually. But the problem is, like I said, all they have said right now is that these games are not there is are not going to come under the name of Virtual Console, right? And so, which I don't know. is just odd because that's their that's their branding. Like yeah. it's it was good branding. Yeah, know. and like I said, there were there were issues with it, but I would rather have the ability to buy some of these games outright than have to wait for Nintendo to give them to me on this um, this online platform that they have. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to get the, the, the subscription anyway, because I'm going to want to be able to play stuff online, especially like when Smash comes out, which yeah. I feel like the, the launch of this is probably going to line up with the release of Smash. Probably. Um, I, would, I would almost bet that Smash comes out in September. Yeah, and so I'm going to want to play that online because, you know, my, like me and you are not in the same place where we can we can get together and, and play on the same screen. Right. Um, 
So, so I'm, I'm going to get it, but it's just, I don't know, it's a little frustrating and kind of deflating to hear the news explicitly that Virtual Console is no more um, without them giving us any other information on a different kind of brand or, or whatever. Yeah. And I guess the writing, I remember a couple of weeks ago uh, when Sega announced their Sega Ages thing where they're going to release a bunch of classic games on the Switch and I think other consoles. Um, it, the writing was sort of on the wall then, like people were talking that it basically meant like that the, the virtual console as we know it is probably not going to exist. Um, because you have all these other companies releasing their own classic games onto the onto the the eShop, but you know we I still held out hope that we were going to hear something about it, but you know we'll see what they do from now on. But you know, little little disappointed from you, Nintendo. Sure, it's only because I got my hopes up, but. You know. Oh well. Um. So, like you said, it does include Save Data Cloud Backup, which is free on the Xbox, but is behind the paywall on Sony, I believe, or at least it was for a while. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought, like, I remember seeing people complain about that, like that the save, the cloud save should have come standard. But I'm pretty, like, I was pretty sure that. I thought it was on Xbox, but I guess not. But definitely on on so on on PlayStation that you have to, you have to, you definitely have to be a pro member to do it on PlayStation. Yeah, it's so it's I, I free on Xbox, but PlayStation it's behind the plus, uh, paywall. Yeah. So for that, like I'm not, that doesn't, I'm not too mad about that because, that was my experience with uh, with PlayStation. As a uh, as Kirk Hamilton. Uh, poignantly pointed out in his article we now have four months to go to not destroy our switches and lose our saves so good luck everyone yeah uh, mine my switch is perfectly safe on its dock right now so i am not worried um real Although quick knock on wood other switch news uh literally right before we started recording uh, nintendo announced a new switch accessory uh, that makes it easier to play on a table and charge at the same time. Uh, basically, it's just the stand that you... It's an official Nintendo adjustable charging stand. Um, it's only... Yeah, that was that was one of the, the weird things. Like, immediately when Switch launched, people were like, why do they design it this way? Because if you want to play it in tabletop mode, you can't charge it. Yeah. And so... This is this definitely remedies that, but it's kind of, you know, you have to buy a peripheral for it to work, which, uh, which I guess was probably their plan all along. Yeah, twenty bucks, uh, and it'll make playing it easier on an airplane, which will be good because it comes out right before I have a seven-hour flight to Seattle. So that's there good. you go. Um, so then we've also got uh. Not really any other Nintendo news uh, besides they're having a Smash Invitational. Uh, they might also be having a Splatoon Invitational still. I haven't seen news on that yet, but they are having a Smash Invitational at E3, uh, which is cool. Yeah, so I wanted to 
before we get into the next thing, which is definitely E3 specific, since we're talking about Smash, it was really cool when they when they did this last time, um, like after just revealing the game. So I, I want to know what you think about this. The past two years, uh, Nintendo has dedicated all of their floor space to one game. Last year it was uh, Mario Odyssey. The previous year it was... Zelda. Uh, yeah, Zelda. So... Do you think, like, what do you think the odds are that all of Nintendo's floor space is dedicated to Smash? Like, I would not be surprised if that, because it, it's been a successful approach for them the previous two years. Um, so I, I kind of expect that they're going to keep doing that, and Smash is going to be the huge draw, and you know that the lines are going to be insane for people to play it on the floor. So I would not um, be surprised. Like, I think that's what they're going to do. I know I, I've looked at the floor plan, and they also have little kind of tertiary booths. booths. Why can't I speak? Um, off to the side, which will probably be for other stuff, um, for, like, smaller games. But that's what I think. I think that's what they're going to do. All, all smash all the time, and then they'll have their other stuff and the and the the treehouse live that they do. What do you think about that? Huh. So, um, there's just a creepy knockout in my living room. I don't know what that was. Uh, that threw me off. Sorry. Um, but uh, I think. Oh man. So, my pipe dream is that I want it to be Metroid themed, and I want it to be a spaceship and be creepy in there. Um, yeah, I mean, but I don't think that's what it'll be. I but that's that's what I want. Um, yeah, that'll that would be interesting because like I, I fully expect that they're going to announce that Metroid is pushed back. Um, but it, it if not like if they're still planning for it to come out this year, it would make sense for it to have a prominent spot on the floor. Right. But again, um. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, like you said, um, because I don't think it's coming out this year, but you know, maybe it'll surprise me if th that would be the one thing that I hadn't thought about, but that would be the one thing that would, that would definitely throw a wrench in, in my idea because they can't, they can't not have Metroid Prime 4 out there. They can, if they do a trilogy pack They'll they'll remedy it with a trilogy pack, if anything. Yeah, yeah. People have been talking about that that they might like if they'll push it back to twenty nineteen and then have the the trilogy remastered come to Switch, which would be dope. But um, those are all the the kind of speculation about what they would do, um, and I don't think that I don't think that would uh, disrupt them them dedicating all the the space to Smash. So that's what I think is going to happen. But I could be wrong. Frankly, I don't. I I I don't remember what their what their floor space had been like previous to the past two years. Because it was such like a big deal. Like when they announced the whole thing was going to be Zelda, people were like, "What the heck?" And then yeah. it was basically a smashing success. And then probably an even greater success last year with um, with Mario. So that's what I think is going to happen because they had already they already changed the game when they went to doing the E3 directs 
Um, and they're not going back from that. Although I kind of wish at some point they would, but they're probably not going to. Um, so I don't, I don't see why, like what, what their incentive would be to go back from putting their, their biggest draw uh, on full display. Yeah, it'll be Smash. I don't know in what capacity it'll be Smash, whether it's like, uh, you know, just different features from, mm-hmm. like, each each character or what. Um, but it'll it'll be, you know, a big Smash showing for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of Nintendo Direct, uh, Square announced that they're going to do, like, a, their own digital presentation. Nintendo Direct style. Yes. Which you think you think is going to be a straight up Kingdom Hearts Direct. I think which I don't disagree. I think it'll be a straight up Kingdom Hearts uh direct as well as um uh they will have to announce something Final Fantasy wise for the Switch, I think. Um I uh, think yeah, yeah. I think they'll I they'll announce the old Final Fantasies for it in the eShop. Hmm. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, Do you mean like the the old Nintendo ones, or or all of them? I mean, well, not not all of them. Not all. That would be insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could do that, all of them up to ten. But I yeah, but like like I said, that would be bananas. Yeah, it would be cool though. I would I would absolutely love to play Final Fantasy VIII on Switch. Oh gosh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think. Do you think? Do you think it'll have anything about the seven remake? Um, I you know there was rumors at the time, and I I think they were they were honestly at the time very substantial, um, that they wanted to get the seven remake out before Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. but I think, and this is just my feeling. There's no real basis behind this with the way that they've been pushing and saying this year for Kingdom Hearts, that they switched their priorities. Um, yeah, because I, I remember seeing stuff about, like, the the kind of... They kind of reset on the 7 remake. Yeah. Like, development-wise. Because it was going to be episodic. And I yeah. think maybe they realized that's a bad move. <laughs> um, Which I don't, I don't know that it would have been a bad move. I think it would have been interesting. Because um, there's there's a lot in seven, like because from what they showed, like the early preliminary stuff was it was kind of like a Final Fantasy fifteen type of gameplay, um, and so like there were there were some very large areas in seven that you could have made whole kind of a different like little part partial games out of right. But we'll see. I don't. I don't. I doubt it's it's going to be talked about. Um, so I hope that it does not become another uh, versus thirteen thing where, you know, they talk about it and then it just sort of disappears. Um, that's what a lot of people think is going to happen. That this game is never going to come out. But I hope it does. I'd really like to play it because um, going back and playing regular seven is sort of a. Uh, not 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 the easiest uh, thing to do, and not to say it's a bad game, but it does not age the best. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I and I can't I can't I don't know other than those things what Square would be talking about. Yeah. So we'll see. I uh, that maybe they maybe they surprise us. That's the game they have to be talking about. I mean, unless they spend it talking about Tomb Raider. But I yeah. I I don't want to think that they're gonna spend that time talking. Yeah, about but it. we talked about uh, Crystal Dynamics is not the developer of the newest Tomb Raider. Oh, that's right. So, who knows? I mean, I can't imagine they're, that Square is not involved in that. But I don't know. That would, but that that would be a thing that would make sense for to show up in that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so one one final E three thing today. Uh, Walmart's uh, Canada website. Um, Dropped a bunch of a uh, listings for for games, which uh, are not exactly out or have been announced. Yeah, or uh, even like, like rumored. Like they, yeah, they kind of. Well, there are some like they include Borderlands is on there. Borderlands three is on there, and Forza Horizons five is on there, which is kind of funny. Um, even cause, because four is an excellent outcome, but but stuff like uh, a new Splinter Cell, uh, Just Cause four. Rage 2, Gears of War 5, um, yeah, and also something called Dragon Quest 2 for PS4 and Xbox One, um, who knows what that is. So, can uh, you yeah. imagine and, if... And, and, and a listing for another Assassin's Creed, even though they are assumed to be on hiatus for a year. Yeah, can you imagine them announcing another Gears of War instead of Halo? Uh, I can, um, because I think, I would not be surprised if we don't see Halo for a while, because I think that they, the team, I don't think that the, the reception to Halo 5 was what they wanted, and I would not be surprised if they are sort of figuring out what they want to do there. Now, here's the dream. Hear me out on this. Okay. Vicarious Visions finished the Warmind DLC, basically. Right, right. Bungie goes back to Halo. Because Activision <laughs> has gone out of their way to not talk about Destiny because it's not performing the way they want to. I think that is... It's a long shot. Insane, insane and will never happen. I think Vicarious Visions... They they did Warmind because um, the Bungie needed to have a content update to put out there while they have all been working on the uh, September thing. Actually, one of the things in that Walmart thing was something called Destiny Comment, um, which was the name, which was the the in development name of uh, what was the one for the last one, the Taken King before it came out. Oh yeah, that was. So clearly, Walmart is anticipating. A, a a new expansion and it's sort of I don't know if they've explicitly said it but basically um, anyone who's been talking about it is also expecting the a large expansion to come in in September for for Destiny so I say to you that your idea is bananas yeah but it's a, it's a dream it would be I mean I wouldn't be against it I kind of want them It'd be cool if they did an ODST game. Yeah, or another Reach. Ugh. Mm. 
That'd be that'd be something. I mean, and, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't surprise me if that's what three four three, like they look to do. I mean, they. I think they tried to do that with with Halo Five with, the addition of whatever that other Spartan was um, that no one liked. Um, but clearly, clearly they're searching for what they want to do. So, I wouldn't be. I I I don't expect Destiny to come. Um, and it seemed like Gears Four had a pretty good reception. So, it, and that isn't that basically what that that development team all they're doing is what are they called the syndicate or something like that right it's basically just a gears of war studio so yeah we'll see some interesting stuff um there was also a lego dc villains i don't know if that's been announced that was rumored Um, back when lego incredibles leaked so that's that's very likely yeah so but uh, for me, the most exciting on the list is Borderlands 3, so I really hope that's yeah. there. And I, and I think we've talked about it. I kind of expect it to be there because it seems to be the right time for... And they and they have been... They've been talking about it a lot more. Let me note that if their, Borderlands 3 is not at E3, I will consider this E3... A failure? A failure, probably. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a little because sad. Because this... But. There's not many games that I'm really hanging my hat on existing in the next couple of years... But Borderlands Three is one of the ones I really want. Uh, oh yeah. So and we and the problem is is that you know it's out there because they have shown off stuff from it, and so you know it's coming. And it's just like, why can't it be now? It seems like the right time now. So it would be it would be really annoying if it's not. Now. And I I don't even want it on Switch. Just give it to me on the Xbox. I don't care. Yeah. Give me something to play on Xbox. God. Yeah. Got nothing. Like a wasteland. Bring back uh, that dragon game. Uh, Scalebound. Gosh, yeah. that game was going to be so good. That game looked really bad, actually. I mean, I I wanted it to be good. It might have looked yeah. bad. But, um, so let's, let's do a hard cut here yeah. uh, and get to... Spoiler get to the, alert the right now. If you don't, if you have not finished... God of War, or you know, if, if 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 you want to finish it, yeah. If you don't care about it and you just want to hear his talk, you can continue. But now is the time to leave. Yeah. If you do not want to be spoiled for God of War, because we're gonna we're gonna get into we're it. gonna get into his son being Loki. Oh, so we're starting. Yeah, we're starting right oh, now. Yeah. yeah. So that was the 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 big reveal, sort of. Okay, sort of big. Um. They they really they play it off very nonchalantly that Kratos is like he's reading the the, the, the the prophecy. Okay, so first of all, you can't just you have to you can't just drop that knowledge. So they get to Jotunheim at the end of the game, which is where they've been going, and they discover that Atreus is his mother was actually uh, a Jotnar or rather a giant, and he's basically the last existing giant. And there's this huge prophecy on the wall about them. And then, like, I forget how... I don't know if it was a name written there or Kratos just tells his son that his mother wanted to name him Loki. The name is written down on the wall. Yeah, so the name Loki is written down on the wall and Kratos is like, that's what your mother wanted to call you. I guess she also called called you that to uh, her people. So that's the the sort of big thing and it's sort of... 
that is your uh, hint as to what the future of the story is for Kratos and Atreus. Um, because the, the whole game, you know, there's hints of, they're talking about Ragnarok coming. And then when you get back from Jotunheim, the, the head of Mimir basically explicitly says that by, when, when you kill Baldur, which is another thing that happens in the game, um, it, it, it sort of pushed up the timeline for Ragnarok to happen within like the next few years. Yeah, Fimble Winter has come. Yeah. And then there's a, uh, at, after the end of the game, if you go back and sleep, it, it flashes forward a couple years and Thor appears outside your house. Um, and frankly, I was a little disappointed that when that happened, I thought I was going to go into a battle and I'd get one less crack at what's going on. But nope, that's for the future. Yeah, I mean, they so, really wanted I, to tell a father-son story. and so I know that did. when it happened, like, you seemed to not appreciate the, the kind of twist that it was. Uh, and, I, and I say twist, but like I said, they didn't really... Um, they didn't really tweet, treat it as a twist. It they just, just treated it as something that was happening. It felt story. like shoved down... It felt like an afterthought. It, there needed to be something. There needed to be small hints that this could be a thing. But there was well, no... I don't, I there mean, was I don't no know. hint that his mom was a giant. We got nothing on the mom. She never showed up in any cutscenes... She I, I know that I know this is an issue with you. Like I said last week, I don't think that is a real I don't think that's a big deal. I don't I don't think she it needs is to when be in it. The 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 what you're hanging your hat on people freaking out about at the end of the game, which they obviously were hanging their hat on you freaking out that your son is Loki, you don't hint at all. Like there's no precedent in the story for Giants being, you know what I mean? They they always talk about the giants being gone, and um, like if if you're hanging your head on that, that, there's no foreshadowing at all. It just seems really heavy handed and forced. I mean, I I I disagree. They couldn't, they could not tell you at that, uh, Faye was a giant without and sort of spoiling it because you're introduced to so many people who know about like the prophecies and the lore of what's going on in the world. Like Mamir, um, I think it's a, it's, it's very important that he wasn't there with you at the end because he absolutely would know who Loki is supposed to be. Right. Um, and if, and if he, like he never connected the, the dots until the end that, that Faye was, was Laufei the Just is what they called her, um, that she was a giant, um, but he like he absolutely would have known the implications of it, and so I don't think they could have revealed it at all, and and I don't think they needed to, like I think she was present enough in what they were doing, and they talked about her enough, um, for her presence to be known. So um, I... and 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 I also disagree that it's. They intended it for it to be some sort of huge um, moment because it wasn't that in the game. Um, it was just sort of a thing. It's 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 more like 
it was a it was like I said, I think it was more like a like a, a a treat right at the end to say, here it is. This is where we're going with it, um, and it's more something for you to think about how it's going to work, rather than it being this huge twist. Because him being Loki, like, has no effect on what is happening right then. Um, it's not like the end of uh, the Bioshock games where they reveal that Booker is Comstock, where it's like, what the heck? Um, it's just a little, because it, it it doesn't really have any effect on the story at hand. It has an effect on the future, and a really strange effect, um, but, and, and we'll talk about that in a bit, but not, not on, not on what is happening right then. So, I mean, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I begrudgingly understand where you're coming from, but what's mm-hmm. really frustrating to me also is that they, they have this line in there, and I can't quote it exactly, I wish I had written it down, where Kratos basically tells his son that the whole reason that Baldur showed up and is coming after them is because Baldur thought he was hunting Fae, not them. Well... And that's that's important. Yeah, he, so he was... Um, that's huge. I... I wonder, like, he... But they kind of explain that in the game. Well, they sort of explain around it because they have this theory that, like, Odin wants to get to Jotunheim and they are going to Jotunheim, so that's why Baldur is after them. And it, they sort of use a kind of reverse... It's like, like it, it doesn't really make sense at the time, because, but it's it's kind of like a, um, a weird, like... Odin, he, he doesn't know that they're going there, but he also knows the future. Uh, it, it's really weird. Um, but, yeah, so he says at the end that he figures that Balder was hunting hunting them because they, like, I think Balder thought they, knew, that he knew where Faye was. Right. Um, which, which he did. But I think Balder, the, like, his assumption the whole time that that Faye was alive. Like, he didn't know that she was dead. Exactly. He just thought Kratos knew where he where she was. And I think at some point it became more of a personal grudge against him. So, also, this game, it's so frustrating because the, the gameplay is great. I really liked mm-hmm. it. I liked exploring. I liked the story of the side quests. And Mm -hmm. I liked the small hints to Norse mythology, like, uh, like the mistletoe, um, Loki, Loki, the mistletoe arrows, Loki gives it to another God or a minor God in the Norse mythology to pierce Balder with. And that is what eventually sends off Ragnarok. So that's like, that all was really cool. That's probably the foreshadowing they were hoping you would get. By Loki getting the mistletoe arrows, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I get that. That's that was about the only sort of foreshadowing we got. I feel that's um, interesting because that is one thing. Like when it happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, I do know about that." <laughs> but like, um, because I I, had, I I knew about that story about Balder um, and and the mistletoe. Like it's weird. Like I didn't I didn't put it together when you first got the mistletoe arrows. But I, but even then, when it happened, like I didn't, I didn't automatically connect the kid with Loki. Um, so there's some some 
It's a weird thing with that. Like they, I, the developers kind of played fast and loose with Norse mythology. Oh, way fast and to loose. fit to fit with what they were doing, which I think is fine because a lot of Norse mythology, the stuff, it doesn't really all like it doesn't all fit together perfectly. Like there's stuff that kind of. There's different stories about different things and stuff that contradicts each other. And they say um, all the time that the 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 shrines you find are telling you stories that might have happened, uh, or are possibilities of another story. Yeah. So like it's... I want to I, I want to talk about that, but first I want to talk about um, there is a very large twist in the game that they they hid from us, and that is halfway through the game. Um, Atreus gets sick, and you have to go to hell to, to you have to go to Helheim to rescue him. But they, but uh, Freya basically says your axe won't work, and so he has to go back to his house, and he, and he goes and he gets the blades of chaos because and Norse so halfway hell through is this cold. Game, you, yeah, halfway halfway through this game, you get you get the blades of chaos, which were basically nowhere to be found, um, not really mentioned at all. No hole in the skill huge, tree to make you think that they existed. Yeah, like my only I so I had sort of an inclination that they were going to be there at some point just because it, it they're Kratos' signature weapon. And there was at one point like where I had so much XP that I was like there's got to be something else for me to use this on. Um which didn't actually end up being the case because I ended the game with way more XP than I could spend on anything. Um Yeah, me too. But yeah, it's it's just sort of like once it happens, he he says something about having to go home, and you're like, "Is this is this really happening?" And then he goes and gets him, and you get these blades, and you get the you, it it puts you against a bunch of waves of low level mobs for you to feel like like old God of War, and it's like I thought it was really awesome when it happened um, because the game feels like an entirely different game when you're using them. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, like, in it's just it's it's a huge part of the story that was not hinted at at all, and it was a really big surprise when it happened, and it really adds a whole um, a layer a new layer of depth to the game. Like I was talking, I talked about how much I love using the axe, but when at, in the middle of the game to add this new option that opens up a whole a bunch of new possibilities to do. I thought it was really awesome, and I, I admittedly didn't use the Blades of Chaos that, like, I, I mostly defaulted to the axe even after that. Same. Um, but it, it was it was really, it was awesome. Um, I think the, the main reason I, I used the axe is because you can press one button to, to make it come to you. Um, like, you can just press the Y button, and it automatically is in your hand. So, I um, found that to be a problem, especially... When you wanted to only use the Blades of Chaos, like in a Frost mob, because if you yeah, push because that you button, you'd press the Y button the to, to bring them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely an issue that I had. But um, I'll tell you the the Blades of Chaos they um, they were they're really effective against the Valkyries. Really, um, and I don't know I don't know why that is, but I know that there was there was one that I was having a lot of trouble with. And then after I got the blades, I went back and basically destroyed her. Um, and I think some of that has to be with, you know, you have, like, two extra runic attacks that, that you can use. Right. Um, which, are, which are big damage dealers. 
But yeah, I thought that was that was a really cool uh, because once you get into like a rhythm of, of switching back and forth and using both, um, you you feel you you feel a lot stronger, uh, which is cool, and it, and it's a cool moment when he when he gets him and he wraps the chains around, um, and one of the interesting things is that Kreto, uh, Atreus never really brings it up either. I think it might just be that. You know he's used to seeing his father do insane things, but he never really ex- like asks him, "Oh, what are these?" Outside of like saying, uh, "Oh, I saw those um, when I was hiding from Balder that one time." Yeah. So yeah, so let's talk about um, the crazy kind of future. So I texted you about if you had heard about this theory about Kratos being Tear. Um, which is, there's, there's, I think, I don't know exactly where they're going to go forward with this, but I think there are a lot of time travel shenanigans going on. Um, they definitely make mention of it in the shrines that talk about stuff that could be, uh, or stuff that has happened. So, and, and in the one with the Jormungandr fighting Thor, like, Mimir talks about how it's theorized that like their their clash is so violent that it sends the the world serpent back in time um and so i i saw this theory it 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 also plays into okay so wait so i saw the theory that like in the next game that'll happen and it also sends kratos back in time and like when you you go through the shrine like like Tyr's temple and it shows him going to like ancient Egypt and um, Rome or not Rome but he he goes to Greece right and he goes to I think one was uh, Ireland there was an Irish yeah. symbol yeah there was and there was another there was another one up there uh, I think Japan there was a Japan symbol. Um, so that's one of the, this theory that I saw. Like he in in the at Ragnarok, he gets thrown back in time, and and goes through these different places and ends up being Tyr, and that's how like he knows, um, because th- there's a point where where you're in like one of Odin's secret chambers, and you find this this piece of the shrine, and he holds Mimir's head up to it, and it sort of reacts with with Mimir's eye and and reveals the secret part, and so it's like. How would Tyr know that the person would need to like you had he you would have had to have that to 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 go and get the the Unity Stone yeah. um, that Tyr uses to travel through dimensions and how would he know that that's going to happen because he's not a giant he can't see in the future right so how would he know that's going to happen if not like he specifically knew that they were going to have Mimir that's um, true. So that's an interesting thing. I think it's probably not going to happen. But I do think there has to be some time travel stuff. Because in Norse lore, the Jormungandr is Loki's, like, Loki birthed it. Um, and so it would make sense, like, if he came from back in time. But there's also, like, a, um, there's, there's, there's weird stuff going on because... Like the 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 Fimble winter wasn't supposed to happen for a, a hundred years, so Loki was supposed to be like hundreds of years old when, now when Ragnarok happened. Um, and now he's just a kid, so they're 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 definitely they're on a 
a different path, and so it, it opens up. They can do stuff differently than, than, um, than whatever like what Ragnarok says is going to happen. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I really hope there's some weird time travel stuff going on because there has to be for some of the stuff to make sense. Yeah. Um, and at one point early in the game, when you talk to the World Serpent, he says that Atreus looks familiar. Yeah. Would, oh, that's right. Um, which could just mean that, like, he knew, like, he knew he was a giant or something. Um, but yeah, that would it would sort of explain that because if if in in God of War world, if Loki is the the father of the world serpent. Then then the world serpent would know what he looks like. Of course he would. Um, it's his daddy. And if he comes back in time, that would make sense. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. I mean, I I just I don't know. Maybe maybe the story just wasn't meant for me. But I really wanted. Maybe. I really wanted more explanation to the to the wife. And maybe, and I think that might be because I've, I've played as Kratos through like four, no, both I played both mobile games, five games, five mm-hmm. games where I've played as Kratos, and for this, not saying like, you know, I deserve to see this character settle down or whatever, but I'm interested in the story that led to him settling down. Like mm-hmm. the it, I was more interested in the story of how he got from, you know, Greece as a god to Norse. Like, I mean, I imagine they're just treating it as he went to the land, and yeah. and it's just that the gods manifested, and so that's that's fine and all. But I'm just there's a lot of the story that I'm more interested in that the game did not want to tell. And yeah, well, I mean, I can understand from that perspective why you'd be disappointed because the story is very much not about it's that. It's just the it's just um, the kid and his dad. Yeah, you you just have to accept it from where it is. Um, as to what you said about like the different lands, I mean, it it might he must have just moved there because I know that the developer has said they what they're treating the world is as basically you know all these different cultures have all of these different gods and and like they all exist and they're just separated by space right um and because apparently there's something in norse mythology about the the those gods like interacting with roman gods so um there's some sort of there's sort of precedent for you know them existing and in the world at the same time but i think that's basically how they're treating it yeah um and so it would make sense that if he moved there the other gods would be there. Yeah, that's true. And you know, if there is some crazy time travel going on, you might be able to see a bit of that story in the next game. I hope. But I, I imagine, like, the, I, I think telling that story is not really of that much importance to them. Yeah, it's just not the game they want. And I, I yeah. have to be okay. I have to come to terms with that. I mean, but, but it's it was fine. The kid got better... You know, after he, after he's done being sick, he gets better. Like he finds mm-hmm. out he's a god, or at least half god, because he doesn't know his mom was anything special. Um, 
He gets to be kind of cool, but then he makes a quick turn to being a dick, which yeah. is what we talked about last week where he became really likable to me and then I hated him. Um, that's mm-hmm. what happened. And yeah. then, you know, he becomes kind of enjoyable by the end because he's, you both are really meshing while fighting Balder, which yeah. let me note, that boss fight did nothing for me. Um, I don't know about you, but it was so annoying to me that the boss fight was essentially you fighting someone that wanted to fight you and someone trying to push both of you apart. Um, um I mean, so but that's, that's, I mean, I get that maybe I'm being too harsh on it. With that. I thought that the fight was fine for what it was. I mean, it, it like it. I don't think it was meant to be difficult or anything. It was just sort of a culmination of what was happening. Um, like he Kratos was only fighting him because he had to basically. Uh, like he didn't really have an emotional investment in the fight. So that um, I guess that's what frustrates me is that like Kratos is so emotionally disaffected by stuff going on around him. It's like, it's more that he's just annoyed that it's happening than he cares. And so at least when, I mean, it wasn't always the best situation when I was being a dick killing the Greek gods. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, but at least he was wanting to do it. Like everything in this game seemed to frustrate him and just be in his way. Like he was, but I think that's that was their intention. That is what his character is now. Yeah, um, and I, because I think like I he like he that. he immensely, like he wholly regrets everything that he did in the original God of War games, and he doesn't want to do anything. Like he he says, like he tried to live. He, his desire was to live as a man, and so yeah. when he. Like, being confronted with all this stuff, like, he doesn't really want to do it. Like, he didn't, he, after the fight with Baldur, he gives him a chance to, to let him, to let him be. Like, once he beats him, the kid is like, he's beaten, he's not a threat anymore, and they're about to walk away, and then Baldur goes to, to, to kill Freya, and, and Kratos steps in. Yeah. So I think he, he very much so did not want to be a part of the affairs of these the infighting between these gods and only did it begrudgingly because they were in his way. So I really, (laughs) there was part of me and it's because I know the lore. I don't know if you know, um, but I really would have liked a weird, awkward scene where Kratos was like, Hey child, you know, that past family we briefly talked about. Um, the reason I am so ashen and red is this is the blood and ashes of my child and wife uh, from uh, my past life. So I carry yeah, I them with me that, everywhere. Like, I don't think that would have added much to the game. It wouldn't, but it was. it's definitely something that's... Uh, they they treated... So they, they kind of touched on it by having him... Um, this big moment with him on the giant mountain where he, uh... Yeah, where he takes the bandages off? Yeah. Okay, so that was one of my favorite moments in the whole game. I didn't know, like, all of the story behind it. Um, and I, that might be a reason why I have, am able to look at this stuff differently than you. Um, 
But I really love that moment because he's taken the bandages off, and it is a huge moment. And, like, even though I don't know the details, I know, like, I understand the emotional weight behind it. Um, and then Atreus is like, Dad, what are you doing? Can we go now? Yeah. <laughs> he, he just has, like, a complete disregard for what Kratos is doing. I thought it was really funny. No, I um, thought it was funny, and it, too. And it worked with the, the tone of, of what was happening. But it, it, it was also confusing to me because these... These bandages were bloody. Like mm -hmm. it it's like the chains were freshly taken off of him, but they weren't. They they had obviously been off of him for quite some time. Like But I mean he still had like scars. Yeah. And I don't he probably never he still had the scars on there and I don't think he ever washed those bandages. Yeah, fair. Like he, he said he's got nothing more to I don't I don't remember what he said. No more no more secrets to hold or anything. So, um, but he, it was, it was just him letting go of his past. My, my only other main frustration with Kratos as a character in this game, and it, it really bothers me, because, I mean, I know that it's mainly just you. What's frustrating me is the story they're not telling, which I feel is just as important as the story they're telling in some instances. I can tell that you feel that way. What? What type of life did Kratos live as a dad where they're in this small living quarters where he's, you know what I mean? This dad that ignores his child. Like it, I don't know. It's, um, there's a lot of I it mean, that seemed crazy to me. Like it was probably out hunting and doing stuff to provide for them. I don't know. Like, I don't think that it's that important. Um, or he was off doing tear things. Like what? Or he was off doing tear things, like <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think you can understand the relationship that the father and son have at the beginning of this game without you having to be explicitly shown why it is like this. And so that was for me. It was just something that I was fine with. Yeah, I. If I had to give this game a number, it would be a 7 or 8 out of 10. Hmm. But the story, and it's just because the story stuff is what bothers me. I really like the game. The game itself. We're not talking about the story. If we're talking about the game, I really like the game. Yeah, like the actual physical act of playing the game yes yeah it, it's a lot of fun to play the i would probably give it i mean i'd probably give it a nine it's to me it was a really great game i would tell people um, to play this game but i if you care about the story i do not recommend <laughs> the story uh i think it's more if you care about uh I, I don't think your issue is your issue isn't with the story that they presented it's with the story that they didn't present so so if you're if you if you really want to know like about the god of war lore going on then it, yeah it it might be a little frustrating for you i do but, i do want to give a quick shout out to my local gamestop friend adam uh who when i asked him the other day how he felt about this game without him knowing my feelings at all. He put, 
he simply said, it's like a seven or eight. It's a really fun game, <laughs> but the story just does nothing for me. And uh, uh, that, that's too bad. that boss fight kind of sucked at the end. And that's, I mean, I, I echo that sentiment. Like, mm. the, I just feel like, uh, and the word, it's, it's, it's one of my newest favorite, favoritest words is recency bias. This game, mm-hmm. it seems like every journalist is just f- full of recency bias with this game. With uh, I don't know that that is exactly. I, I do think there is... I read an article about, like, kind of the issues with um, the way game reviewing works. And I do think that the people who reviewed these this game are exactly the people who this game would, like, emotionally impact the most. Like, you know, young kind of fathers with, with kids um, that seem to be, like, the theme. Like, it, it, this, it was kind of the same, like, demographic of person who was reviewing this game for all the, the websites. And so it can sort of provide, like, a, a, a kind of the, the same sort of stuff that they're, they're saying. Um, but... I don't know. I I think that you have to be able to s- just start with a blank slate in this game. Um, and I guess it's I was helped by the fact that I didn't have the knowledge and emotional investment into what was going on in the previous games. Yeah. Um, but I still think you should be able to you should be able to start from square one and appreciate the game as it is rather than what you want it to have. Like, it's it's one thing to, like, have, like, legitimate, like, um, functional gripes with, with what is going on. Like, if it is missing a something, if it is missing something that you think should be in the game uh, functionally, like something that you can do in the game that is missing, like a feature. Um, but I think... As to what is happening narratively, it is a self-contained story that is not trying to be beholden to the stuff outside of it. And I think that if you can't accept that, you're probably going to have issues with it. Yeah, and I did. (laughs) Yeah, you very clearly did. So one last note, I just want to say... um, I absolutely loved the way the game ended. So the boss fight, uh, yeah, it's whatever. But then you go on the journey to Jotunheim and you go through it and it's basically just Kratos and Atreus talking um, and, and talking about their journey and, and what is, what's ahead. And then the game ends, you go to the tip of the mountain and, and spread the mother's ashes and then you leave and the credits roll as you're as you're walking. And I absolutely loved it because it it was kind of the cherry on top to, to the story. And I I'm so glad that they did not end it with another boss fight. Because I was really wary when I went into the final area that there was that something bad was gonna happen and I was gonna have to fight somebody again. But yeah. they ended it I thought the ending was perfect for what it was, and then he, and 
Kratos tells the story of Atreus of Sparta, which I don't know if he was a character in the last games, but it was it was really nice. I don't remember him. How about that? So yeah, I think for me that that sort of left the perfect kind of the perfect taste in my mouth for for what this game was, and I absolutely absolutely really like the ending. And I and I can't wait. It's weird. I never had any interest in playing the God of War games on on the PlayStation. Um, like it just didn't appeal to me. But I am completely invested in this story now, and I cannot wait to see where it goes in the future. I am excited to see where it goes, also, because I like the game. I want to see where it goes. Give me more of that axe swing and action. I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they'll have a new weapon in the next game. Like I can't. I can't imagine it's all going to be the same. The same mechanically. I mean, God of War one through three were very similar mechanically. True. True. So. We'll see. Uh, what did what what kind of weapon Tyr have? I, I don't think Tyr had an axe. He had like a sword or something. I don't know. We will see. Yeah. I I also. So when when it was revealed when the Loki reveal happened, I one of my immediate thoughts was, man, I would I would be fine playing a game of adult Loki. That would be cool. Yeah. Or even playing as Thor with the callback mechanic with the hammer. No, I don't I I don't see in what world you could make a game playing as Thor work in this world. In this in, in the universe that they have created. I mean this is essentially but, a Thor excuse game. Me. If you just replace the axe with the hammer. Right, but it would make no sense for you to be playing as Thor. Yeah, he is kind of a bad guy in this one. Now, after killing Thor, Kratos could pick up the hammer. Is he worthy? I don't know that that is a canon to this world. I'm pretty sure that's just a Marvel thing. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, if they wanted to bring Beta Ray Bill in, I would not be mad. He is most definitely worthy. Yeah. Get that crossover action going on. Yeah. All right. But I think that'll about wrap it up for us. Yeah, we went long, but we knew we were going mm-hmm. to. So. Yep. I appreciate you, Seth, and I appreciate our disagreements. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's a lot we agreed on with this game. It was a good game. I just didn't care for the story. Which is... And I did care for the story, and I think it is a good game outside of the story. So this one for me is definitely Suplex certified. And if you... Probably should have said that before the spoiler warning, but you know. If, uh, if you don't care about the story, or if you are willing to start fresh and not be frustrated by it... Uh, it is certified for me also. Um, 10 out of 10 because of the great big turtle that hides Freya's house. Yeah, that was a cool turtle. <laughs> a lot of big animals in this game. Yeah, I liked that. I really I really liked when you got to go inside of the serpent. Yeah. But anyway. Great. Enough right about God of War. Enough of this episode. See you guys next week.